0: Hello, everyone. This is C. Diesel. I have the Luce, V and King of the Comics Professor E, Ethan Murphy, with us. And today, Quiz Incessant, everybody. Uh, Guys, this is your first time you back. back I started fucking up when I was talking, and I was like, Well, I'm with my Tyson now, I guess. He said,
1: Accent. That's a lisp.
0: Accent. Yeah. So, you think you have the fastest fist? My back is broken. What? Po- uh, a vertebrae
1: or, or well, what portion? Spinal. unless you can unless you're a heavyweight boxer i wouldn't oh bro like
2: as a heavyweight boxer that's mike
1: yeah i'm good yeah
0: uh guys we are making a return to reviewing stuff we haven't done a review in a good minute like a sit down review like this so i'm excited and even more excited because we're doing another audio drama we haven't done one of those since I'm Buried, which we did uh almost a couple months ago now not too long ago uh we are doing a harley quinn of a sound mind this to me was a really enjoyable watch um i'll let we'll, we'll start with, we'll start with otis and get like your this preliminaries over overview of it um and then we'll move on to ethan and then we'll kind of get into the nitty-gritty of things
2: yeah um I, I really enjoyed uh this podcast uh hearing uh christina ricci's take on harley quinn was was pretty mm-hmm. well done man i think uh she i mean she's always been great with stuff like this and uh to, to see her be able to continue that process is definitely uh was enjoyable
0: we'll not see here because it's a audio yeah. you hey but, for um, me i see you whenever i'm watching it yeah. I ain't told you
1: if if it, if it's if it's that immersive that you feel like you're watching it, that's, that's saying something. So, mm-hmm. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. go ahead, my bad. I, was just saying, I think uh, it was pretty well set up. Um, it's, it's, it is a shorter uh, podcast, but I, I don't really have any issues with the, uh, any of the pacing. Words of the POI we just finished. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a pretty well done thing. I'll, I'll let, let pass to uh, Brody E over there to see what you think, Professor. Yeah.
1: I really enjoyed it. First, you have your shout outs, uh, Flowers, to the name alone of Sound Mind. It's like, aha, uh-huh, I see I see what you did there. It's a podcast about these, about a psychologist, It's like, yeah, that's, that's fantastic.
2: Triple entendre, so don't even ask me how.
1: They did it. They made it work. They made it work. Uh, and uh, obviously, of course, Flowers to Christina Ritchie. She did wasn't putting on a voice to sound like harley quinn but the voice she had worked really well it seems like it 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 fit for what the character Mm -hmm. you know is and ultimately comes too also it seems appealing as far as given what the joker is attracted to whatever he likes to do it's like yeah that could i could see that kind of a because we know what she looks like but also just hearing the voice it's like i could see the attraction to someone like that she sounded she seemed strong yet acute at the same time i mean i mean in the best possible way uh not just her but the voice acting for the joker too especially in the sixth episode, the way he when he seemed when he seemed genuinely vulnerable. I mean, he was like, yeah. kind of getting to his backstories like yeah, this actually his this voice actor, uh, actor. Billy Magnuson. Mac- something? Billy? Billy Magnuson? Yeah, Magnuson. I, I I'm sorry,
0: sorry right. if we're pronouncing your name really bad. Yeah. I know we probably are
1: but shout out to Billy. Shout out to Billy. Billy he did a great they did a he did a great great job. And of course you gotta give flowers to the last person of course of all is a uh, otis's buddy uh with build from uh king of the hill stephen root as the kind of obnoxious head of uh psychology at the at arkham so yeah
0: mm-hmm. uh yeah this for me honestly i believe i like this better than batman unburied to me uh um, <laughs> hard nothing y'all guy. okay yeah, solid uh <laughs> absolutely yeah it's not a thing that i like about these dc audio dramas is that there's at least for these ones over the rogues gallery of batman is that because all his patients, all his uh rogues gallery are like mental health patients where they have a mental health issue you can write so well with how these characters see the world their modus operandi one of my favorite things was when uh harley would sit down and talk with uh the ventriloquist because it's it's something where it's not like threatening but at the same time, it's just so well done. Like I felt like I was sitting in on someone talking to a mental health patient. And I love that they did the thing that a lot of the great Batman media do where they not only analyze Batman as a character and as a personality, but like the city of Gotham. And they were like diagnosing it as if it was a living human being and kind of getting into that stuff. I I, I love when the writing is just is that well done, uh for it, me personally.
1: Yeah, and going on that too, the I like how with Harley Analyzed. Uh, she A, she broke down, like you said, the patients. B, she broke down uh, Gotham as far as the problem, the plight that the city was having. And then C, she hit a Bruce Wayne, like, you know, this is, do you understand what's going on here, Rich Boyd? I mean, and so it's kind of like to the point where it actually affected him, where he actually wanted to have a campaign or had a campaign, have like a, some kind of a program in Arkham trying to actually help the, help the patients. Uh, it kind of reflected Bruce Wayne a little, a little bit of his Batman out when he was like talking about them as far as like, these are just. You know, those, these are just criminals that are, have mental issues and she's like, no, these are actually people that, that are in need and you don't seem to want to help them. So it's kind of, it really was uh, getting analytical in a way that I didn't expect it would expect to do, so I, I appreciate it.
0: That is one like critique, but not critique I have on it, is this Bruce Wayne slash Batman seems so oblivious to everything that was going on in his city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For somebody that grew up in the city and it's Batman and you're on the streets every night, I don't understand how you're so oblivious to the effect you have which I guess, into to, to a, an extent, you can argue that, that the Batman from the comics knows that to a certain, depending on the version, is a similar way. But the conversations that he would have with Harley just seem like, "What do you mean I'm causing this?" Batman would never do that, so much so, to
1: law, I'm just like, "So how does she not know he's Batman the way he's like defending this so mm-hmm. hard?" But part of it too is I think he was also playing a little of the, he was turning on as far as like the, his uh being coy or being playing right. dumb because he's Bruce. He's he can't too informed he's not supposed to be uh yeah so right i mean
2: i think they the the relationship uh between harley and bruce i think was set up uh honestly pretty well to to mm-hmm. set her up uh as an antagonist to not only the batman but to bruce wayne directly mm-hmm. um the dialogue they had between each other the 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 relationship that you know that they had based off of like you know where her father worked and and uh his his uh his family's company owning the that facility i mean very well set up like uh, the entire series felt very grounded in the sense where like i mean yes you have these grandiose characters and 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 personalities but you kind of get a a understanding of how they got to the point that we know them as so traditionally Mm -hmm. like uh to see the the inner workings of why joker got to be himself what uh to understand his attraction to harley and their relationships understand uh why harley ended up going down the line to going to joker and wanting that like I, I think they all were explained very well i think that uh the performance between all of the characters they all had a chemistry to each other like it it, it felt so natural the conversations it, that that it felt less like a fantastic story in the dc universe when like oh these are just mental patients dealing with things in real life and i I, I like content like that
1: i knew i knew i was waiting for you to say it it felt exactly like if someone just said this is a a crime drama almost a true crime type of thing which is very popular especially on podcast and the word batman and joker specifically weren't there it would just be it'd be fine if you almost think this episode of like law and order special victims unit and whatnot you would it just plays like that very much so and the, um I, one thing i was waiting for that what happened with the whole you know convoluted nonsensical romance between harley quinn and joker that does not happen it doesn't go it doesn't go down that route it may it leads; it leads into it a little bit where they can see that they can they both of them do understand each other uh with the coming from their perspectives but it does like otis said it stays grounded and, and it makes sense and i love that this bad Batman in particular this the bat family and the bat stories in the dc universe that's a the noir the noir aspect of it makes it pliable to do that with the stories that they're telling uh, you couldn't do trying to go too grounded with a superman story it's like i don't know man this dude can fly and shoot lasers out of his eyes like, what, are you, what are you talking about so but this world it does make sense
0: so let's, let's go ahead and get into the actual plot before you get too far into it uh, for a lot of people, you may not recognize a lot of the origins here because they did take creative liberty and change up the ordinance a little bit. Uh, Dr. Harleen Quinzel obviously is working at Arkham Asylum like you would normally see here. But the twist is that she has her father who is dying from a cancer that was acquired from him working at a pharmaceutical or some kind of plant. I don't remember what the exact for something to do with uh polymer or some kind of material that was being it, made and we worked there it, for is,
1: is, it, is it is it the ace chemicals plant ironically enough is that what it is it
0: may have been i don't remember no there was a name for it it was some okay. sort of name it was like a subsidy sub so, yeah, whatever it's one of those subsidiary subsidiary yeah. companies that a lot of these organizations and corporations have sure. but that being said she's there patient j comes in and she obviously is a young aspiring hungry psychologist so she wants to take on the challenge to treat him but obviously there's a little bit of a patriarchy going on within there so you have the guy that uh the guy from king of the hills playing the head doctor and you have bill (laughs) bill was talking hot shit. well both both of them were talking hot shit. this to me is the stop here is like the first part that was done really well to me that i really enjoyed was you kind of already saw it coming a mile away with them gassing up their strengths and their confidence in being uh, a psychologist in that sense, where he's like, I know exactly how to treat patient J. He's XYZ, has these delusions of grandeur, or whatever the thing is, I got this. And then not too long after that, you see him come out and he's broken. And this is like the first voice performance to me that really stood out where this guy was, you could, he was broken and terrified. And that to me came across in his voice and in, in his performance is
1: what oh, Wow, Bob, what are you, did you forget your happy pills
2: this morning? It is morning? your problem now.
0: I'm sorry, who are you talking no, it It's patient. He cannot be cured. Bob, 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 what happened in there? What, what about shake him up and He's pop not
2: the sick. top? He's He is the disease. Look, send him to Blackheed before he infects everybody in here. No, well, that would be a little tricky in terms He's of paperwork. Right. You know, so. All those things he said, I'm I'm a good person, right? Ooh. I know I've made certain mistakes, but I, I keep, I, I, are you crying? I deserve to live.
0: Uh, can you guys speak on that for, um, how that impacted you first? And we can go to Ethan first and Yeah,
1: of course. So, I, I, they, I mean, this is something that is done. We've talked about this at, at great length. In wrestling, they call it putting someone over. So Mm -hmm. with Joker, before you hear his voice or before you see him, he's talked up and they don't say, they don't mention the name Joker. They just talk about this, this guy, they found basically a John Doe. They call him Jay because it's like a John Doe. And he, and um, they seen these psychiatrists in the Arkham scene, but they, they've seen it all. They've seen it all. They can handle it all. Uh, Nothing can surprise them at all. And this guy comes in with the biggest bravado. I think it's Bill or whatever it is. Like, oh, this is nothing. Want to take him on. And he goes in there for a few minutes with Joker and he's like you said he's broken he's done and but the the voice actor does an amazing job of kind of conveying the the uh the haughty-taughty uh kind of over overconfident ego that he has in the beginning and then seeing him come out there with the, the frantic you, you can you can almost hear him sweating bullets of sweat essentially and i, <laughs> no, I love that kind crazy. of uh, but, but it works it works extremely well i love that and i love also you can almost hear harley quinn rolling her eyes like yeah i told you so a and b like you have to treat them like more, more people because she seems like someone that's actually trying to do something for real, as opposed to just try to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, all, and all that comes, like you said, all that comes across in the voice performances.
2: Otis? yeah. I mean, I think the the ability that they show within this series to truly paint a scene completely off of audio is definitely at a high level. Um, the there's like a, all. Everything down to the the cadence from how they spoke to each other, the inflections that they had in their voices, really made it seem like they were directly in these places having these conversations with each other. When we have, obviously, we know that's not the case. Like they're not, there is no Arkham Asylum in real life, you know. But it all the the, the feel of it, the the the, the small the sound notes they added to to make sure the aesthetic of the the sound was right, like all really uh, made it a, an immersive experience. And I give that to a credit to the, all the cast for including, uh, be included in that process to make it that way.
1: Yeah. Uh, real quick, just to piggyback off what you're both saying. I watched the green mile just last night. I know it's three hours, but I'm an old man. Uh, and I love that movie and it's alive. It takes place in on death row, you know, with bars and everything. And when mm-hmm. the characters are in they're, when they're on death row, you hear the way it sounds with the bars and the echo and everything. They did an amazing job of creating that, uh, audibly you can tell when Harley Quinn and them are in Arkham as opposed to when Harley Quinn's back at our apartment with her dad mm-hmm. or when she's, you know, uh, at the hospital where you can always tell where they're supposed to be. That's a small detail that a good production team will do with audio play.
0: Yeah. Sound design was immaculate here. Um, <laughs> yeah. acting, I guess to get an acting one more time. This felt like to me, almost like the purest form of acting where it, to me, you could have just been them like line reading together, but it was done so well. And you, it, it felt like everybody had a certain level of chemistry like when you're building a scene and you like what they would build in Harley for instance obviously they worked together for some amount of time so they have a rapport it felt like that like I, I could hear and feel the chemistry between her her father whoever else they spoke to to tell her this is a world that's been here before and we didn't just walk into something just being painted it felt mm-hmm. like it was weird like we we're just peeking in the window through something uh, But Absolutely. to move further into the story, obviously, I'm not going to go like little by little, but we'll take a huge jump in. Obviously, Harley has interactions with her and patient Jay, J, um, and it's very interesting, because in my head, obviously, I've seen all the other media that portrays their relationship and the abusive nature of it, all the Stockholm Syndrome, all that stuff going on. This was a very different take, where it wasn't found in abuse or her love for his craziness. It was him trying that initially it felt like he was trying to go that direction but she wasn't going for it and he kind of humbled himself to an extent and you see that for at the end of the conversation she's like oh you have to cut this early oh he was in the middle of a joke or something and she's like yeah i gotta leave early to take care of something and for him i guess he was so used to like with bill people are so intrigued in him but her just doing that like threw him off his game he like humbled himself from that point on in in his conversation with her this is probably mm-hmm. the most reserved reserved grounded joker i've ever heard or seen or any like in any portrayal i've seen he was very yes. humbled
1: from so, her so we'll two two real quick things i'll say then let otis go because i keep on i talk too much i know um one is that we have to acknowledge this is a this is a different harley because this harley uh unlike the lore we're used to has a healthy relationship with her father
0: mm-hmm. this isn't a
1: broken daddy's girl this is someone who actually has a healthy father ha- she's very much dedicated to her father and because of that i imagine that if that that relationship they had made her more resistant uh or uh, to someone like the joker he can't manipulate her as well um and and two i love the idea that because the joker is such a a master manipulator like he always is it's when he stops trying to manipulate her at the end where she does start actually feeling something for him also Mm -hmm. it's after her dad died and i'm not saying that carly and joker is meant to be she has a They say, in some capacities, that women oftentimes fall for guys, are in of their their dad. Um, Doctors tend to, or nurses, or doctors, what have you, they love, of course, helping people, and it's very common for them to want to. The whole Florence Nightingale syndrome, where where a patient falls in love with their with with their uh, with their nurse Mm -hmm. or nurse or what have you, you could tell some of that was happening in here, and it was it was going both ways in a way that has never been done before, and I really enjoyed that.
2: Yeah um I think there was an interesting take on how they kind of flipped the power dynamic cuz we are used to Harley Quinn being the one that was constantly you know behind the eight ball with Joker like she he was the putting out the manipulations she was forming her thoughts like he 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 molded Harley into what we got in the end and in this one I feel like it was a a little bit of a reverse like she she kind of De- develop how she wanted the standard for their relationship to go between her and Joker and he had to kind of adjust to her instead of the, yeah. the usual vice versa um I think they did they, they did that very well um I think they did a good job in kind of really building the both of their attachment to each other like it didn't seem mm-hmm. like it was something that was forced or uh they. I mean obviously knowing the characters and knowing the lore of Batman, you knew how this was going to end up, but it didn't feel like it was just like uh, the cookie cutter. It was supposed to happen. This just felt like, oh, I saw you did that, but I I know Joker reacted like this because of that. I know Harley reacted like this because of that. Mm-hmm. Like building up that 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 true motivation to to get to that ending spot. I think they did uh really well in this. Uh, you don't get to see that uh, often, in my opinion, especially in
0: content like this. Mm-hmm. All right. On that same token to go a little bit further down the story obviously this is there are a couple interactions you start to see harley's her 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 strength she has this innate like womanly strength that i can only like reference to like someone like a michelle obama almost where it's this like strength and elegance and she knows what she is and the power she has and you see that through her manipulation of a lot of her uh, patience it's even little it's a, it's a little scarier to me because she has a knowledge of how the human mind works and how their mind works so you see yep. her do that when she's manipulating Joker with the whole Trevor thing where he makes the little quip about the dude named Trevor and she immediately starts to spin that into well Trevor didn't do x y and z for me or this and this could have happened and he's like she's getting him invested that thing that a lot of a lot of dudes I know fall for when <laughs> they get, get wrapped around somebody's finger man woman or indifferent um and that was really dope to me to see the how she how well she did that and just christina ritchie's outstanding performance because it was like her voice changed just a little bit towards Mm -hmm. seductive almost and you heard it it's the little stuff that she did and i was like damn she she got buddy wrapped around his finger around her finger
1: and it wasn't just him it was also of course arnold You mentioned before the uh, the mm-hmm. ventriloquist. ventriloquist for those yeah. who don't know the, uh the character scarface the person who ventriloquists is in, is his name arnold um mm-hmm. that character was amazing too because i i never seen this portrayal of him he always seems more meek and kind of the mm-hmm. victim of scarface or that part of his personality so to speak the multi-personality uh, uh sort of he may have but this one was interesting he had a very his character was interesting in of itself and mm-hmm. when, he, when he himself, as Arnold was talking to Harley Quinn, having Harley, how Harley pretty much got him to basically use a sock puppet. Socko. She, Socko little, it was an amazing character, by the way. Uh, mm. How she got him to use Sako basically, because she knew that he would talk to her more uh, if if he let down his walls, was was less guarded. Uh, mm. And that's something that in real life, good therapist, good psychiatrist, uh, psych- psychiatrist can do. And you said she's she was... I think what it was is for the first time the Joker got out manipulated and it may it wasn't necessarily meant to be a negative thing but he definitely it did if it happened to him you know
2: alright Otis you yeah, I mean uh, I don't necessarily have uh, any new points to add on to that just uh, just continuing the fact that they this, this is a series that they feel like they had a, a different level of care for like mm. it, it seems like they were like you can tell that christina ricci like uh cared for how she was portrayed as harley quinn so like you Mm -hmm. know the it was very meticulous and and deliberate all of her lines how she delivered certain things and uh i think that is something that i wish that we could see in more forms of uh superhero content like Mm -hmm. having people that are actually dedicated and related to the content that they're portraying instead of just doing the role to get the the cash
0: it feels like sometimes right to continue to that point as far as the care one thing i wanted to harp on really quickly is the level of detail when it comes to people that may be fans we talked earlier about how you could not have the title and not know who these characters were and have that but the fact you do makes it a little bit better because they have a lot of references to really like in like in-depth characters you have to be fan like maxi zeus was mentioned in this he was, briefly. He was. uh yeah. croc was in it at some point but they mentioned him really briefly in turn, like saying the snake saying his name They said way of aaron cash But people played the Arkham games you know who cash is yeah. they made these subtle little references throughout it to where in my head i, was, I listened to it with a friend while she was here and she's just watching it. in my head i'm just like ooh, they said that i know him or i know this that and third, like a little child uh, it's things like that we, we've talked about in the show a million times about like attention to detail and people that care about the source material and that is very apparent in this
1: yeah it, it, and that it, i love what you said both of you guys are talking about it, of course but one thing i thought about otis brought up the idea as far as it exploring this kind of a story do you think this would have worked as well if it wasn't done in this format if it wasn't done as a podcast let's say you tried doing this as a Either an animated episode or a mini-movie. I mean, it's because it was all the episodes combined make for about 120 minutes, a two-hour feature film. Mm-hmm. Do you think this will work as a feature film?
0: Or I, I could, but I think the benefit that things like this have is that people aren't paying attention to other stuff. It was animated, we pay attention to the animation, acting, we look at like set design, things like that. But the fact this is just audio and just this, it's like acting in production and production at like its highest form because you're only focused on those things. So if they're not done well you notice but if they are done well you really notice i, agree. I mean i feel like if you put the uh the level of attention to
2: detail that they put into this series into most things it'll 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 translate pretty well i mean you can't get everything perfect but i mean even down to like they were thinking about the Batman lore on a critical level, and that's not something that you typically see within mm-hmm. these type of uh, mediums. Like, I mean, you don't you don't see anybody uh, within uh, uh, Captain America breaking down the actual pol- politics behind the, the motives of uh, their what they're doing, I wonder as why. opposed to this. Like, you get. That's another, yeah, another that's whole. That's another whole. But um, <laughs> as opposed to this, like you know, you like Harley Quinn literally psychoanalyzes Batman Bat. Like we, we mentioned earlier, but yeah, Batman, the City of Gotham, half of the the uh, the people in Arkham that she she did like
1: Bruce Wayne. She does analyze Bruce right.
2: Wayne. Like you don't get that level of uh, self reflection in in most superhero content. In fact, they usually try to keep it pretty light or. Maybe uh, focus on the overarching tone of something that they're trying to portray. Right. But like, yeah, you, you never get the the actual psychology of why a person is doing what they're doing in, in I, superhero content like
1: So that. that's why I think it's perfect for this medium. Because they had the carte blanche because they didn't have to worry about money or a big budget. They were able to tell a very different story, very nuanced story. Mm-hmm. A more super grounded kind of a more adult story without having to worry about having, trying to make a dollar or having to be like, like the joker movie by todd phillips making a 100 million dollars they could do a very elseworld kind of a story take a chance with it and not have to worry about anything to have a you know, hanging over their head so
0: to get into a little bit of the psychoanalyzation of gotham itself uh one thing that i really thought was interesting was their take on why the villains became a thing and we we see we've seen this before where they said that the reason that the supervillains escalated was the fact that because Batman made crime harder. The villains had to up their ante and that spread to other things. But the thing that was different about this is that she made it a point to talk about the people of Gotham not being heard or not being seen because obviously they're poor or whatnot. And that led to them seeing Batman getting publicity, being seen, being celebrated, doing crazy stuff, and then that escalated the thing. And I think that was somewhat real. Again, the other one's pretty realistic as well, but I think this is really realistic to modern day society where you see the internet now, where you'll see people... Do like pranks or little things and they'll get attention and you just see people having to up the ante to do crazier a lot of times stupider stuff to get that attention and to get that celebratory uh celebratory nature that they seek so much and mm-hmm. to me that just hit a lot harder cuz i was looking at that as like i don't know if that was meant in the writing but it felt like a mirror into like oh, what sure we are now
1: i'm sure it was i mean yeah i completely agree that that was something that was brought up me in the batman the made series back in the day when the characters themselves put Batman on trial but then also the idea as far as they they were costumes and things of that nature because batman wore a costume uh, they were trying to be in the same level as him if he's a superhero we had to be super villains but uh, as you're it's been addressing the the actual uh, specifics that you have as far as the the internet and social media these days with things it is very much if this person's getting attention for doing a b and c then i have to do this much more to get that much more mm. attention um even if it's a criminal it may be someone that genuinely is starving generally is having problems if they feel that society won't recognize their problems because they don't wear a costume and go on rooftops then they'll do whatever they have to to get them to see them for, mm. for maybe even for good causes sometimes so it's i agree that makes perfect sense
0: all right well to i guess we can kind of skip again i'm just kind of skipping through the story because all these were released at one time uh, it was one season so we didn't have the thing with Batman and bigger we had to review them week by week so moving toward the end of, of the story and seeing we talked about the manipulation of a Harley with the Joker and how that went I think it was very interesting to see that not flip on his head completely near the end in their final interaction at the dock well not their final interaction but near one of their final interactions but it was interesting to see how Harley went in with after all their conversations he already had like a preconceived notion about who he was and how he operated and at the end you see him get really kind of tender in a moment where he's kind of giving his backstory um and kind of giving her condolences for her father and things of that nature it, it it seemed like he was very much so concerned with her as a person and you kind of saw him drop the facade that he had going on earlier when he was trying to romance her so much so that buddy like read a, a romance book to get her it was like genuine about that i was like damn that's wild like he does care for her and it was it was refreshing to see that different of a take, yeah.
2: yeah. He he he, he simps mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, they, they made Joker the
1: simp. He did, I mean, he did. It's funny, I never thought about Joker being a simp, but he definitely, I mean, it, it, I guess she was a simp for him forever, so it's mm-hmm. it's only talking about fair play because he definitely he robbed the um, you would mm-hmm. think my first thought was he was going to rob the museum, get the money, what have you, and of course, never give it to her, just take off. But mm-hmm. he actually did it in. One hundred percent was there for him, and, and she. And once, once he did, she was like, "Well, all right, later, get away from me." And he and she told him off at the hospital. She like, pretty much told him, to "Get the fuck off and never come back." So I was like, ah, "Dang, okay, fair enough." He was hurt. Him. He was mad mm-hmm. as fuck. He was. He was all kinds of broke. I've never seen a guy more but her in my life. So it's, right. it's a very different dynamic.
2: He was so hurt that he was at a point where he called security on her. Like, get her away from me. <laughs> like. So I mean, and to know that uh, she had the hooks at him so bad that even after that he's still like, all right, come on back, I miss you, like, mm-hmm. That's
1: right. After that, he's still like willing to do it, yeah. And he and think about this, think about how much they everyone considers Batman the greatest, world's greatest detective, right? And the Joker has fooled Batman countless times in the comic books and in various mediums, but he falls for a trap for Harley Quinn. So it's, I mean, she, he, he really was sprung. I've never seen him do that sprung. It's been a long time. This,
0: this, this version, I will say the one weird thing about this version of the Joker. One, it's cool because he obviously is different and a lot more open. He he felt more like the the early early Joker where he was kind of doing pranks, like even when him robbing the museum, he like was talking to kids and kind of having a good time and then let them yeah. go. Like he didn't really he didn't do, do anything super yeah. dangerous, but. That that kind of threw me off because in the beginning when they had the almost Heath Ledger like thing going on where Bill was like traumatized, I'm thinking, oh, it's about to be really dark. And then from then on, it never really got back to that tone of true. the Joker. It was more the happy-go-lucky one that you would see in the earlier versions of like Adam West type stuff. Maybe
1: that's true, but I wonder. Keep in mind, keep in mind, we are we are seeing this exclu- we're seeing the Joker exclusively from the eyes of Harley, mm-hmm. and it's it made it clear that he's. Pursuing her, I wonder how different he is with everybody else. We know in our own lives, in real life, we're different. Otis has an amazing, wonderful girlfriend. He's different with her than he is with us. Uh, so it's guys are it, people. We're different with with people. We we are depending on our relationship with them, so to speak.
0: True. To get into that too, the one where him and his relationship with Batman, it felt like they didn't really have much of one. Like they didn't. Either, yeah. either this is really early on, or because even when Batman would come around, he'd be like, "Dude, it was annoying." It wasn't a thing where he was obsessed with me. He's like, I fucking hate him because he arrested me. He's annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even like that final, final scene where like he pops up to arrest him, he's like, bruh, it's my girl. Chill out. I'm like, go do some other shit. He wasn't yeah. really obsessed with him. He was all for Harley, which again, it was dope to see that flip on his head. But usually you're used to Batman and Joker being in this like endless abusive. Weird, sometimes
1: homoerotic relationship. I mean, what that's, if, a, like, maybe... that's a romance. That's a romance. <laughs> what are we talking about? That's a romance. But because I think I think it's because the Joker is used to pursuing Batman, having Batman trying to trying to garner Batman's affection. Mm-hmm. Because Harley Quinn was rebuffed, was was kind of rebuking him so much, he was dedicated to her in a way. So Batman was now just something on the on the outside getting in his way. Mm-hmm.
2: And then I, I had gathered that uh, just from the some of the things that they said within the series that this was pretty early in Batman's tenure. Like this didn't seem like a uh, seasoned Batman that's been around for a while. At least, uh, at least not from when I got it.
1: Yeah, the way they were commenting on the Batman doing things, it was like he was still new. They didn't really know what to the- do. I think
0: it was between, because he said a date, because they talked, about it was, I think two years in. Like they talked years about years. it in the hospital about how Harley said, two years ago, uh, Arkham was a regular facility.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And then back in yeah, and now all these crazy people in costumes
1: are here. That's right. Because oh, wow. they, they said how few, how many fewer patients I had back in the day, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is another thing. He maybe he did, which is, which is real. Is, is he contributing to actually making people, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about.
0: But yeah. Um, do y'all want to go ahead and get into rating for the for the show?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. We'll go from left to right.
2: Professor uh, Lelouch. Yeah. If I had to, to score this, I'd probably give it a solid eight out of 10. Um, again uh the the voice acting quality was high the sound design was uh high if anything i felt like it might have been a, a little bit too short mm-hmm. um but other than that I, I don't really have too many
0: complaints here yeah i think I'm, I, I agree mm-hmm. i wish i, I put it around an eight and kind of from the same perspective of otis where i felt like there was more to tell uh as far as the relationship between joker and harley i i think I, didn't, I don't have to see it go to the traditional route of how it got there but i feel like there's a lot more toxicity uh within that relationship that was coming down the pipeline maybe of but course, it would just be wishful thinking i guess
1: i would give it a solid nine mainly because of the same reason you guys give it eight i love rule number one of entertainment leave them wanting more if you yeah. want more that means everything that you had you, you know it's, it was still satisfying but you mm. want more uh, and i love the different they, they were able to Weave a completely different tapestry with these characters we've seen a thousand and one times in a world we're very familiar with. However, there was no character assassination. We won't get into it. We won't get into it. But I think this is what Velma was trying to do, as far as telling <laughs> different. I, we're not gonna get. We won't. We won't. We won't. But you. But being able to be in the same world with the same characters, but use them in a different way that still feels familiar enough to that you don't that you don't think it's a character assassination however it's nuanced enough that you are eager to see more you know
2: yeah it was a, a reimagining of these characters within a spectrum that was still palatable to the fans of it as opposed to
1: uh,
0: intentionally trolling the fan base like i feel velvet does yeah, we, we to... jinkies that's all i got to say <laughs> Uh guys, well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh if you guys enjoyed the series, let us know how you what you thought in the comments below. Again, please give us a video a favor, subscribe, like the video, share it around, all that good YouTube stuff. Uh and again, we hope we thank you guys for your support. We hope for your continued support. We will see you guys next time. Peace. Winston Duke. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that nobody damaged their voice as much as
2: Winston Duke did in that Batman and Buried. Yeah.